Hello, Internet peeps. Welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 167. Mm, I Wow. Big You're Tru- Joe Dubs. Yes, I'm Joe. I'm Andy. Yes. That one's Zach. That's me. I was too busy looking at the title of the fucking movie. I was about to say, this is episode 167, Memories of Murder. I mean, technically, it's right, but whatever. That's what we're going to be talking about later. Uh, Andy just announced all our names, and we are ready to get into what we've playing, been doing, and reading, and everything. So, Andy, you go first. Uh, I haven't been playing as much Forza. I got a brand new video game console. Zach knows what it is. Dubs, can you guess what I got? What my new console is? I saw a picture, but I don't remember the title of the console. Okay. <laughs> I wanted you to be like, is it a PlayStation? No, I, I got a, my Polymega came after fucking three goddamn years. <laughs> I pre-ordered it like forever ago. And uh, they kept like delaying it and they had to do some other stuff and they were doing more open pre-orders. And the company was acquired by like some other company, I think in China, which I thought, oh, that's going to be a bad sign um covid set them back because of the chip shortage the thing is manufactured in Myanmar or burma whatever you want to call it and they had a military coup in the last year so that <laughs> also set them back like the thing has had every setback in the world but god bless that company they shipped it and it is in my house how is it uh i really like it there's a few things about it they're a little like like uh the disc drive it hasn't it hasn't messed up once just just to preface it like it, i every disc i've put in has read perfectly and every time i hit eject i get the disc back but it seems cheap it's like like on, on the xbox series x you know you start to put the disc in and it says oh i'll take that and it it feeds it in and it's nice and quiet mm-hmm. on the polymega you gotta like shove it in until you're just hanging on to it and then it finally goes, it like moves the disc. And the first time I was like, oh, this thing is fucking broken. But now it's worked every time. So no big deal. And uh, a couple other things. Um, the USB port on my controller, I think, is a little weird, but it still works. Like it didn't charge at first, and then it did. So I'm going to just keep my fingers crossed on that. Everything else, though, has been great. Uh, I'd give it, I'd tentatively give it. A very high recommendation. Like it's not like you can just go to stores and buy one right now. But they're doing open pre-orders for the early 2022 now. Um, the thing plays uh, PlayStation games from America, Europe, and Japan. It plays Sega Saturn games from America, Europe, and Japan. Everything I say, it plays all three regions. Um, the PlayStation Saturn, Sega CD, Turbo Graphics CD slash PC Engine CD neo geo cd and then if you buy modules that plug onto the front of it you can play genesis slash 32x um nintendo or super nintendo slash super famicom or turbo graphics 16 slash pc engine and how, so how much is it all cost? In one box that plays a fuckload of consoles what's that how much does it cost uh i'm thinking about the pre-order price i don't know how much it is now it's three or four hundred dollars or something that's not bad for all that shit that you get in it yeah um blah 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 oh uh 450 it's a little little high but you know what it's worth it 450 gets you the base console and the controller and it plays all the disc-based stuff i said all of that right out of the box the modules are each 80 dollars. the pre-order price was 50 and i really regret not getting more because i wasn't sure whether i should believe in it yet um some some of those consoles it plays are worth hundreds of dollars themselves. Oh yeah, like the Neo Geo CD or the PC yeah. Engine CD. They're they're worth that much by themselves. And now here's this console that'll do it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Each each module comes with its own classic style controller. It looks like a controller from the old system, but it's like nicer. It's got a ten foot cable instead of three or six or whatever. And it's braided, and the buttons are nice, and all that other stuff. It's got a home button. And they're um, next year, hopefully next year, they're releasing a gun controller that works with modern displays and will function as a gun controller in all Genesis, Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Saturn, and PlayStation games. Snap. So the Gun Con, the Justifier, the Zapper, all of it. It'll work, it'll work as all of this. Yeah, the Star. So I really wanted this thing to succeed. So far, it's doing great. And it's also, like I said, it'll play imports. You can apply patches on the go. Like, I was playing Police Knots the other day, 
and that's that's one of the games I play to play Police Knots a ton. Um, I have a Japanese PlayStation copy of Police Knots. I put it in, and I downloaded the English language patch from the internet, put it on a thumb drive, plug that into the Polymega, and it applies it on the go, and I'm playing Police Knots in English, a game that was never released in the United States. That's awesome. Yeah. So. language The language patches are kind of hard for me to find right now, but I also applied one to, I have a PC Engine copy of Rondo of Blood, and sure enough, it's, it's it, all the dialogues. In it. Death turns up, and he's like, "Oh, guess what, motherfucker? Take all your stuff. It's not gonna be that easy, or whatever." <laughs> nice. Um, I played. Uh, I played a bunch of stuff. I played more of that Tucky Making Memorial puzzle game. I played a bunch of Fighting Vipers. I played um, uh, Jumping Flash. A bunch of stuff. It, it also it has a hard drive, and you can install the games to it. And once you do that, you don't need the disc anymore. Which is one of the, another reason to get it because disc rot is becoming a thing specifically for the Sega CD. So I'll, I'll install all my Sega CD shit to this, and then just keep the discs safely in their cases and not like futz with them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other than that, anything else? Um, oh yeah, I watched some movies. Sorry, Polymega is the big thing. I've just been real excited to talk about it. Um, I finished um, Big Mouth on Netflix. That, that was a show that. That you know, my expectations were they were like really low when I started it. It turned out the show is really great. I watched the first two thirds of Once Upon a Time in America. The movie's three hours and 40, 49 minutes long, so I couldn't quite finish it. I tried, I'm going to, it's just I had to watch Memories of Murder. And I watched Hellraiser for the first time. Oh, which uh, a movie pretty much lives up to its its reputation like it, i was talking about it at work today and people are like isn't that movie like really weird i don't really want to watch that movie and i was like yeah it's weird but you should still watch it it's <laughs> it's fun it's fun weird parts of it like were genuinely like holy shit this is scary like it was kind of scary a couple times that movie's really cool though i like it a lot i'm kind of anxious to try to check out some of the sequels yeah there's like nine of them so yeah, yeah. i know there's a ton but uh zach what about you what have you been playing, watching, uh, doing? I've been, uh, well, I watched that new Dark Side of the Ring since it came back. We're going to talk about that later. We can't do it here. I, I'm livid. <laughs> I'm livid, bro. Uh, we're going to be talking about that on Thursday. I, I'm probably going to fucking wreck Vice. I'm just going to say. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I uh, beat Secret of Monkey Island over the weekend. Sweet. Uh, again, well, that's the first time I've beaten it in about ten years or whatever. Yeah, um, it's still fun, still good. Uh, I, I sometimes there's still a few puzzles in that game that are a little obtuse. No, no, yeah, for sure. Did you did you look up solutions for anything, or did you muscle your way through it? I still remembered solutions to a few of them, or like as I was playing the game, it's like they came back to me a little bit. Yeah, because there's some real kind of like offbeat solutions to some of these things, especially because it's like this this thing's like a parody almost of adventure games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had to look up a, a couple things because I, I just got to the point where I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do. And it, it would be like the most weird, random thing or it would be so ordinary that you wouldn't have thought of it because of everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had to, I had to look up some of the solutions for for it when I played the game a few years ago, but I didn't play it as a kid. So, I mean, nobody plays those games and you're able to just, I mean, unless, back in the day you had no choice, but it, it took probably a lot longer to beat those games. Well, yeah, it became going everywhere and trying everything with everything. Okay, I'm going to use book on thing. I'm going to use crowbar on thing. I'm going to use cheese on thing. I remember because uh, back when I did play this the first time, we didn't really have internet. So yeah. I had, that's what I did. <laughs> I listened to, uh, sorry to step all over your what you played thing, but I listened to a podcast this last weekend from the uh, Video Game History Foundation and they interviewed someone and they were talking about the development of Dig, the LucasArts adventure that was based on an idea by uh, Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. And that game sucks. And, but we all kind of know that, but they talk about it during it. Like if you ask anyone what the most memorable part of the LucasArts games were, it's always the writing, the characters, the humor. It's never like the action, the puzzles, stuff like that. It's you know, like 
Guybrush Threepwood is super memorable and super funny and super interesting, and I love him, and I love the, the story of that game. Sam and Max, super hilarious, interesting, fun. Uh, the characters from Day of the Tentacle, Monster Mansion, any, any of that stuff. It's, you know, you remember them. You don't remember the weird puzzles and the situations. And then they made The Dig. That was stone-cold serious and just about, like, procedural weird alien archaeology and it flopped totally see i played that game a little bit i didn't really play enough of it um Uh it was just something i was kind of playing in passing back when i was able to find a copy a while ago i didn't get around to fully playing it Mm -hmm. i thought it was really interesting but i i didn't follow through but i will say i don't totally agree because one game stands out and one game you didn't mention was fate of atlantis yeah, fate of atlantis they they said that too they said well, of course there are standouts fate of atlantis was the first thing mentioned it has a bunch of cool memorable puzzles and because they're not weird shit it's like you use that um what's that tool that um a surveyors use um you know the like scope, the, the scope on the uh i, I think it's called a called. transient or something is what it's yeah, called something like that and there's, I still remember that to this day, like when I first did that puzzle, you, you have to survey this whole area and you're looking for a specific thing on this island, like Crete or whatever. Huh. And you see like the, your help, your partner character, she's kind of standing there looking at you through the transient thing. And it's kind of funny. And then you, you figure out how to use the thing pretty much in the game. Huh. And it's like, aha, and you figure it out. And you feel awesome. <laughs> but, uh, I also started playing Monkey Island 2 after that. And I will say, like, um, big jump in quality. So I noticed, like, playing the first one this last time, there was, like, barely any music in it. It was 1990, though. So game music on PCs was still, like, kind of a new thing. They also stretched it thinner, right? Like, it came out on, like, five or four different operating systems. And then two only came out on two, right? I think so. Yeah. Um but the graphics in it are a lot crazier. They do a lot of this um, uh, depth of field effect when there's like stuff like real f- close in the foreground and it's oh, blurry yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, and the music's better too. They, they developed the iMuse system. So it's like you're walking around everywhere and it's like the music piece will change depending on like what room you're in. It'll change slightly. I, I saw someone, uh, was it Ahoy? Someone talks about that in the video and it was really interesting. Probably him. Are you, uh, are you, are you going to play three, four and five? Yeah, because I never played three, four and five. <laughs> so I only ever played to beat the first one. Interesting. Okay. Um, and that's, that's kind of it. Other than that, I've been goofing off on this mod for Diablo. I found um, it's not really worth getting into yet. Cause I'm just now scratching the surface with it. Cool. Um, played Faz. Uh, I almost said Phasmagoria. Uh, Phasmophobia. Um, I played that ghost hunting game. They did updates. Uh, the, the, the graphics are better. Uh, there's some scares in there that are cool. Are uh, they 4k? Are they 8k? No, it looks like shit still, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it's, 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 it's a fucking early access game. So every time they update it, it gets better. Um, but it, it it's, the sound is great. I'll, I t- that's the one thing I'll give them is the sound is fucking spoopy. Uh, That's what everybody talks about with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I played some. Uh, I played a puzzle game called Subliminal. It's on Game Pass. Um, I, I, well, one I was playing uh, Insurgency Sandstorm, uh, where there's a language barrier because apparently only Russians play on there now. Um, so I was trying to like communicate with them, and they're like. Joe Biden and then just naming like Donald Trump. <laughs> That's funny. And 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 they well, should have been all there like Yekov Smirnov, Boris Yeltsin. <laughs> they they kept on saying like uh like easy sentence like do you like burger? And I'm like, yes, I like Borger. <laughs> and like we all became friends. It was kind of weird too, because every time like we met each other, because there's proximity chat, even though if you're on the other team, and they got they got sad every time they killed me. They're like, no, Joe, don't. <laughs> and then they just started doing like stupid memes and shit, like that you that see was on crazy t- Russians, oh, man. Yeah, reminds me when they drop into my streams. <laughs> they were just they would be super friendly and be all about whatever you're doing, and then they would just leave. Yeah. <laughs> 
But uh, then I after after I had done play with Russians, uh, I played some Liminal, and I how I could compare it. It's like Portal meets Stanley Parable. Um, if you ever, I love both those games, yeah. And so the plot is that you're going to this institute to help you sleep, uh, and apparently you're you have depression and you're having these bad lucid dreams. And they put you in this dream state uh, where you do puzzles. So, for example, if I have a soda can and if I look at it like this, this and, and people on audio, I'm like looking really closely at a soda can. But when you have that soda can in front of you, the soda can gets huge and you have to, you know, get... Gets. I saw this. Yeah, uh, someone only plays or someone was playing this and it looked extremely cool. Yeah, it, it, the puzzles kind of get it's not super hard, but you're kind of just like, what the fuck do I do? Like you get yeah. you get frustrated, but then you're like, oh, I had to like do some stupid stuff. Like I pulled the moon out of the fucking sky and I used <laughs> the moon to like hop over next to where I need to go. I really recommend it. Like I, I was gonna play like a, an hour. So it's on the Xbox. Yeah, it's on the Game Pass. Uh, but I, I believe you could buy it too. It's probably cheap. It's probably like a twenty dollar game. Um, but I, I highly recommend it because I was like, I'm gonna play one hour of it, and then I just got stuck stuck playing it, and I played it for like six hours. So uh, I highly rec- recommend it. Uh, I started at a show, by the way. I'm watching Manifest. You mean super liminal, right? Yeah. It is twenty dollars. You're right. Yeah. Um. I I started a show on Netflix called Manifest. Um. Quick plot. They got on a flight. Uh. And then all of a sudden, super turbulence happened, and now they have uh like some type of power where a calling is telling them what's gonna happen or something. They have to go back to the island. It kind of has it. It kind of has a lost feeling to it. Um. (laughs) All right, but like this is Lost and Heroes put together. <laughs> yeah, kind of. That's actually a good, a uh, good mixture. Um, I watched that, and then I, for the first time, I watched Ocean's Eleven, and I really enjoyed that movie. The original or the remake? Wait, wait, dude. Uh, the one with George Clooney. The remake. It, yeah. it's, it's good. Too. They're both really good. Like yeah. you can't miss. Yeah, it, it's just a star-studded fucking cast too. So, um, but yeah, that that's all I did. Um, I need to get back on my Forza kick before Forza 5 comes out. So, that's... You guys missed, I meant to remind you, Zach, you especially, one of the challenges last week is was to get that AMC, the machine thing. Damn. Yeah. I, was <laughs> I, think, I, I think I'm done playing it till till 5. I think I got my fix. I'm, like I said, I'm only barely playing it. I played it like twice this week. I used to play it every night, so... Yeah. Spooky times coming. I can't play car games anymore. Yeah, I already pulled um, Eternal Darkness off the shelf with the intention of doing things with it. Oh, yeah. Let me know how that goes when you play that. Zach, I recommend you Tormented Soul. By the way, twenty Tormented Soul. It's twenty bucks. I think you can get it yeah. on your PS4, or you can get it on PC. It's it's a very Silent Hill meets Resident Evil, uh, uh, third person shit. Uh, like okay yeah so it's, it's really good uh, it looks good I, i'm gonna i'm gonna buy and play it um but andy take it away your movie what is it uh memories of murder uh it's a movie it's a movie but... no uh memories of murder is from 2003 it is a south korean movie that is based loosely on true events uh in 1986 till 1991 i think the South Korea had its first known series of serial murders take place in the countryside of some county. I, I, South Korean names are difficult for me. And uh, this is an adaptation of a stage play or something that was also loosely based on this true event or whatever. Um, there's a murder, a rape and a murder in the countryside, and there's two detectives working on it from the local police force, and they've never seen anything like this. Like, there's never been serial murders in South Korea. There isn't a lot of murders besides um, the um, 
all the all the evidence is screwed up by freaking townspeople walking around and everything's kind of a joke and they're having a hard time doing it and the police are like kind of corrupt and they just like coerce uh um what's the word i'm looking for god confessions confessions well, they're well, confessions really, for people it's really the two local detectives that do it it's yeah. like their superiors always be like stop beating people up damn it yeah. that's not right <laughs> uh kang ho sung uh, who is the dad in Parasite and is in a bunch of other Bunking Joe movies. And this other guy, they're they're kind of doing it because he says, oh, if I just look at someone, I know he's he's guilty. I fucking know it. <laughs> and he didn't know it. He didn't. He didn't know anything. <laughs> and uh, another detective coming from Seoul, like a big hotshot city detective, he volunteers to help them. And he's a lot better at this than they are. But he kind of starts getting taken in by their mindset. <laughs> as the movie goes on but that's jumping way down the road yeah um funny thing because like i didn't pay attention to a lot of names so i just kept on saying parasite dad uh <laughs> knock off bruce lee his partner and he kept kicking people in the chest yeah like, oh, every time he did it it was a surprise i was like oh my god i love that every time he just wrote to do like a fucking flying kick i lost my shit <laughs> my favorite one is in the quarry. He sees the guy bend over, so he sees he's wearing the women's panties. So he knows it's him anyway. But he's still like, gather them all together. And then he looks him in the face, and he's like, it's this guy. And his partner just just trusts him implicitly. Fucking puts his butt in his chest. <laughs> it's like, just arrest the guy. Settle down. <laughs> he flies in off, off frame. From like, off screen. He's already <laughs> airborne. And he puts his foot in the guy's chest and just lays him out. Oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. That, he pays for that later, though, man. That behavior. Yeah. yeah. No, he, uh, the, the police chief chews him out and tells him never go in the interrogation room again, which with good reason, because, you know, he's he's torturing their suspects kicks him down a flight of stairs and then insult to injury the fucking uh the mentally challenged down syndrome kid uh fucking puts a a nail in his fucking a leg rusty nail in his leg yeah he can never kick a, actually he could kick but it would just be weird i guess seeing yeah. a pogo stick of a leg coming at you um but another thing I kept on saying the chief and then I said the the lonely female cop who listens to the radio all day to tell him what the <laughs> what song the killer is listening to before he kills. Her name was Quan something something. Yeah. Quan Ki Oak or something like that. Um yeah the, the this this film had like a mixture of like seriousness especially when like you know, the rape and the murder happens, but like the the stuff with the two detectives in that town, they had like a, a slightly dark comedy mixed to it. Oh, it's definitely a dark comedy. It starts as a dark comedy. Like, I was like, oh, this movie is about serial murders. Maybe it's going to be Stone Cold Serious. And the first like 30 minutes of the movie is just a dark comedy. Mm. It's just hilarious. Like, I'm laughing at it and stuff. And I laughed later on in the movie, but the movie gets more and more serious as time goes on. And that's like Bong Joon-ho's thing now is he'll make a movie that on paper is serious, but it's got all this absurd humor in it and it feels like it should be out of place, but it makes a more coherent, interesting to watch film. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because it, it kind of reminded me of the other film that we watched. Uh, fuck. What was the, the one with the, the rich man? Uh, it's your film, Andy, that you picked. The Shoe Salesman. What was that movie that we watched about the killer? The Kurosawa film. High and Low? Yeah. High and low. Yeah. Oh, okay. It kind of had it like... Was like this... It was reverse High and Low. Yeah. It it had like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. It kind of like had the same tone to it because like they didn't know who it was. And especially in High and Low, it was the same thing until... And I mean, technically, we still don't know who it is uh, at the end of this film uh, because... He's dude that that scene was so fucked up and I'm sorry to like jump around but like when they're near the the train yeah, look you should watch this movie we spoil everything on the show everyone knows that but yeah, yeah. Go ahead. but the part where the supposed rapist that we think you know we're finally going to get that guy and then he's like oh the United States came back with the DNA results from the semen and everything was like negative and the dude like freaked out and like 
he was trying to shoot him. Um, that scene was intense. And it just, you never get that. What I like about these films is like, you never get that, that payoff, but it kind of explains that's how the real world can be sometimes. Like, uh, have you guys seen Zodiac? Yeah. This movie makes me think about Zodiac a lot because it also has a similar, they never caught the killer. This is based on a true story. That's the way it's going to have to be attitude at the end sorry if i'm spoiling it for zach but it's based on the real you know that yeah but um not to shatter what is a incredibly well-crafted movie and at the end of it it's like really poignant because he like looks into the camera at the end mm. like it's kind of like he's like looking for you know, where's the killer is he here in the theater you that kind of shit um in real life they have supposedly found the killer mm-hmm he he was uh he was already in prison for raping and killing like his sister-in-law or something like that and he admitted to like 14 murders including the 10 that are relevant to the story yeah they call him the the south korean zodiac killer oh really yeah it turns (laughs) out i didn't see that yeah he's commonly known as that he didn't like taunt the police or anything though i i I guess just because he was unfound I, yeah, I mean, I, I just started reading about it after I watched this movie because uh, I, I thought the same thing you were saying where, like, just I know about the Zodiac killer case anyway. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like that. Uh, hey, that's something I caught, though, when I was watching this movie where he's talking about the end, near the end, where they're at the train tunnel and mm-hmm. stuff, and uh, the guy from Seoul has, like, I, I re- realized he had a gun on him. Yeah. I was like, none of these other guys had guns at all, though. It was just him. Is it because he's a city cop? He has a gun? I wondered that, too. Like, I guess because he's a city cop. I'll bet you they're issued sidearms. They just, like, they work in the country. Like, you know, he doesn't feel like he's going to need it, maybe. Or maybe they had it. They just, the story never called for it. That makes sense, though. Because, like, we don't need guns. There ain't nothing happened here. Like, you know, it's the first time there's been a murder. I know. That kind of thing. And we just kick people. Yeah, we just, he just flies. He just, they do fucking Taekwondo to fucking apprehend people out there, apparently. (laughs) So. Yeah, it, 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 what this film showed, um, I mean, it was in, in like a sense of a dark comedy, but like they were doing like shady cop shit, like to, especially to the Down syndrome kid where they were just like bounding him up, torturing him and then going to a like making him dig stuff and then explain how he killed uh they were leading them yeah were leading them to confession yeah and I, I don't know what it is it's something about asian films and like even anime like the smarter person in the group he's always just like i don't know in the distance like smoking a cigarette being all cool like and he's just like all the buffoons get the the comedy yeah i guess that's part of the satire because this this movie's also so it's satire i'm like is it and i thought about it a little bit and it plays with genre conventions i think little like that guy the city cop is like oh the city cop knows all this shit yeah he did know some shit but eventually he was just as stumped as they were yeah at at the end it comes back to oh he's no better than they are after all Mm -hmm. yeah this this movie is satire in a, a very overt sense as well it's taking place in the late 80s and in the late 80s, the government in South Korea changed. Uh, there had been a military coup in South Korea at the, uh, either the late 70s or early 80s. And they were like, oh, we're going to do the diplomacy thing. We're going to have democracy. And like a decade went by and there still wasn't any. So in the late 80s, specifically in 1988, which takes place during this movie, there were like huge protests all over the country about you know, there needs to be a change. We need to have open elections and all this other stuff. Uh, I guess like some, some students were massacred in some city. Like it was like, you know, South Korea was like getting pretty fucked up. And then, you know, obviously they do eventually get uh, in the early nineties, they have, they start having elections and things get better and better. And now they're like, you know, a rich, powerful country or whatever. They have one of the best uh, movie making industries. I can tell you that. Um, also, there was 
uh, specifically this movie is satirizing in the late 80s some police were interrogating a student related to those um protests and they accidentally killed him oh so it's it's playing on that too yeah i was i was a little lost about the protest thing i'm like i feel like like i'm missing something because i'm not really super familiar with south korean history that much I wasn't until like less than a year ago when Criterion did that South Korean collection, they did a video that was like framing the new, new Korean cinema, I think is what it's called movement. And they said, well, up until the government changed in the early nineties, the government got to approve all pieces of film. And until like 1996, we didn't get to make whatever we wanted. And that's why after 1996, all these great South Korean movies start coming out because now creators can actually create and the government won't stifle them. And I was yeah. like, what? And then I started looking into it. That that was the, the huh. I went down the Wikipedia hole after that. There's <laughs> big gaps for me. It's either I know South Korea from the last 20 years or Korea from before in the war and the split. And that's kind of right. all I know. Yeah, I guess since the Korean War, they've had like five or six different, I don't know, regime isn't the right word, like governments, government stasis <laughs> or whatever. Like it's it's been... It's been weird, but I, I don't know. That that's that's it. I just told you everything I know about it. So but it's important to note the the context for this movie too. I mean really independent of that, it's a good movie anyway, but I think yeah. it's added to if you know all of all of what I just said too. Mm. Uh I do wanna ask you, Andy, since uh you know maybe Zach knows it too, maybe he read into it. Was it me? Did it look like they changed cameras like they were using a certain camera for the 80s and then they chose that one scene where i guess is the 90s where it kind of looks like better quality and then it the movie does have like a, a muted color palette pretty much the whole time i didn't even really the it didn't occur to me that when it jumped to 2003 that it looked different but i'll bet you you're right mm. i i actually noticed that when i was watching them. i was like this came out 2003 but it looks older like actually thought it looked like a, a film made in the maybe the early 90s at the latest because it didn't look like 80s it didn't look like an 80s movie you know what i'm talking about they have a distinct look because of the yeah. film yeah they, they definitely do uh mm. this looked like early 90s when the quality started getting better um but then yeah i i didn't notice it but my brain did but when it switched to 2003 Pre- what was then present day it looked like a 2003 film man um i really uh, like when they started actually doing like po- actual police work even though like the uh the parasite dead um was like i you know i think it's somebody who's like a monk or you know who shaves down there you know because we didn't find any hairs you know what i mean like he was coming up with that like explanation and then the other guy's like no they were all wearing red and it was during rain and all that stuff he's like and he kept on always doing it's it's always you know always trust the documentation and all that stuff mm-hmm. um so he was like bringing that up and then that's when we got the oh he he you know this song always comes on on the days of the murder or before the murder and you know they did the stakeout where like one of the factory workers were like brawn panties and just decided and was wearing panties and like jerking off onto the the and then you're like that's the guy right but no yeah, it's <laughs> gotta be this weirdo yeah but it's not you know they tortured him for a while uh and then you know that's when uh the soul co- uh what's his name i don't know uh but, soul man yeah soul man he went to like these scared women's like house and stuff and you can see on the clothesline she's wearing red or she has a red clothes uh but then she's you know talked about how his hands are soft and stuff and he goes to the guy who was jerking off looks at his hand he's like he's not the killer and he's like what and then it's always the hands like that's weird because the reason he discounts the the, the simple guy is because he's got like weird weak webbed fingers and he couldn't tie a triple knot Mm. yeah that's true but uh and, th- and then you get those twists and turns because then you're uh then that's when the soul cop goes hey 
so you didn't rehearse with the they, they called him the retard kid, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's their a, word, not ours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a translation of the word that they used, not the one whatever. Yeah, but like he's like, D- you didn't rehearse, like no, and then that's when they found out, like he saw the the rape and the murder happen. I uh, I don't know if I was stupid. Maybe you guys are gonna be like, oh no, we figured it out. That was that was an aha moment for me because I had not figured that out at all. And then when they play it back and he's talking about it, I'm like, he's he saw it happen like at the same time as them. And I just I exclaimed like out loud in my home by myself, like, oh my god, it makes so much sense. That was a, that was a real real exciting aha moment. I kind of figured that's what was really going on, just because I've seen a lot of movies like that or you know law and order whatever uh the part after that though that kind of took me by surprise where that whole fight breaks out yeah then he runs up there because he's he's not of sound mind anyway he just runs all the way up a hill up into a train track starts blowing his whistle like he's a damn traffic controller (laughs) (laughs) gets hit by a train yeah but he kept on shooing him away too like again you know, this is a person that's, you know, not all the lights are on, but uh, he, he's he kind of like he was shooing away. And I wonder because what scares him that that's the part I didn't understand. So did like that guy that they find at the factory that they obviously chase down and, you know, possibly think that's the killer. Did he throw the Down syndrome kid into like some fire? Because I was confused about that too because they show him the picture and they're like, is this him? Because he says he saw him three times and he like kind of just breaks and he's just hot. He's talking about how hot it is. Oh, he threw me. Oh, it's hot. And you, you know, the viewer, you have to put the, put it together. Oh, he's talking about the scars on his face. Someone threw him into a burner or something. And like, is he saying it was the, the killer? Or is it like a weird, you know, a weird mental thing or it's not clear and then we don't get to find out. Well, let's put it this way. Like a lot of uh, men or, you know, even a woman, too, who usually kills and rapes wants to have power over their victims. Right now, if the, the supposed killer guy maybe he wanted power he knew that he would have power over you know this down syndrome kid and probably like tried to burn him or something uh maybe, maybe he's just fucking torturing him uh, it's hard it's hard to armchair psychology this guy this this fictional version of a real life killer it's, it's weird that there's so many layers to this but he freaks out after he sees the picture and then right like i'm in my mind i'm like did he kill himself? Did he put himself in the train? Because he's shooing away the cop when he's trying to like come up there. Yeah, it like I I got the impression he kind of knew what he was doing. Yeah. This 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 was the most effective way of running away that he could muster. I was thinking about it and I wondered if it wasn't just him remembering the violence, you know, a rape and a murder. And he associates that with his own violence in his past, and that's why it set him off, maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know. We don't get to find out at any rate. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else uh, that came to my mind in this movie. Um, the whole... Th- that fucking radio station is so fucking disorganized. <laughs> yeah, they, they suck. I love that they're like, I want to talk to this guy. What do you mean he quit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three times they asked for that postcard. We don't got it. We don't got it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I have nothing. I, I enjoyed this movie. Like it, it, it. Like in the beginning, I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of like dark comedy. Let's see where it goes. And then like he mixes in that seriousness, and then ends it with that like, fuck, <laughs> we don't know who it is. Yeah, the end of this movie is like. Uh, like I kind of just sat there and watched the credits that I didn't know how to read roll because I just had to I had to think about some stuff I had some things to ponder mm. I did that too actually like yeah at first I was like yeah this is okay it builds it it starts off kind of slow and yeah it does like, I, okay. I think it's one of the slowest starts of any Bong Joon Ho movie I've seen for sure not not that I was saying it was, it was bad necessarily or anything it was just that like it starts off and it kind of feels like you're watching one kind of movie and it changes yeah over time i'd say i think they remember the first time it felt like oh shit shit's going down is like 
the first it's after the soul the soul man comes and then they do their they think they're doing their first bust thing together or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like when he starts kind of taking charge of the investigation is like when it starts picking up a little bit Mm -hmm. there's still some funny moments but they start being less uh i really like uh when they're the, the guy who's jerking off at the crime scene when they're chasing him there there's something really funny about that whole part yeah well it's like and then of course and then of course when they catch him in the quarry and the guy fucking kicks him in the chest that's that's one of my favorite parts (laughs) and and just to touch back on like the final scene like he goes to pretty much the beginning where they find the one one the one woman um and then like this random (laughs) fucking girl comes out of nowhere by the way because i looked at that road even was she yeah (laughs) and she, she pops up and she goes you know I, I forgot the actual word, but are you looking for? Well, she she says, well, "Why are you looking in there?" Yeah. And he says, "You know, what are you looking at?" And he says, "Oh, nothing. There's nothing in there." And she says, "Someone else? That's weird." And he says, "Why? Someone else was here recently, and he was looking in there." And I asked him what he was doing, and what did he say? Oh, yeah, uh, I did something here once, and I just wanted to look at look again, or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god! It's the, yeah. <laughs> there's another like, holy shit moment. Yeah, and he he hits him. He hits that music fucking good, dude. Because I I was the same way when that credits hit. Because one, I was like, I didn't want. I mean, I wanted to know who it was, but at the same yeah. time, I was just like, I'm fine with it not knowing. Because the Zodiac movie was the same way, mm-hmm. and I was just like, damn, this hit hard, like. It was a roller coaster of like emotions, pretty much from uh, the start, and for me at least. Um, trying to think, what else? Oh, another funny scene uh, when he gets shoes for the kid. He's like, "I got you some Nike," and this little nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a knockoff or something. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I highly recommend this film. Uh, oh yeah, it's great. Um, if you if you loved this movie and if our listeners loved this movie, I also wanted to recommend you know obviously Parasite, but the way to go is from here you need to go watch Bong Hoon Jo's mother or Bong Hoon Jo's movie Mother. Um, I don't remember what year it came out. I think it's after yeah it has to be after this one because this one's his second movie ever. Uh, Memories of Murder is Mother came out in two thousand nine. It is about um, this mother has a son who is mentally you know not all there and he's accused of murder and the police pretty much coerce a confession out of him just because you know he's simple he's soft in the head and they basically like just railroad him get a confession and say oh he he did the murder we're gonna lock him up and no one's interested in in looking into this crime so the mother starts looking into it herself and has the same like this is clearly very serious tone with like some absurdity and like some funny lines in it. It's got that dark comedy in between a whole bunch of really serious uh, crime drama shit. And the ending of that movie, thinking about it now still gives me chills. Like there's, there's a big surprise at the end that I would have never guessed in a hundred years. It's really interesting, but mother's great. Go watch that. If you liked memories of murder. Cool. Zach, what do, what do you have to say before you give your recommendation or not? Oh, um, I really liked it. Like I said, it's kind of a slow burn, but then, like, especially the way the movie ended and stuff, I liked it. I, I even liked the time jump where it just showed, um, it showed the, the main guy how he, like, he settled down with that, that woman he was seeing who was like a, I guess she was like a traveling nurse or something. Yeah, I guess, I think healthcare is different in different countries, obviously. And I think she was like, she worked at a clinic and she was going out to, house calls or something which by the way that scene where it makes you think that the killer's gonna attack her oh my god get out of yeah. here with that. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but he's like he sells down her has family he's changed jobs because she's like why don't you change a job like this this thing's killing you basically yeah uh and he's like still doing kind of the same stuff he still has some of those same behaviors he's like sitting there talking to his son he's like you're up all night playing video games weren't you, you he's like you no let me look let me look at your eyes <laughs> she's still doing that but uh yeah i uh i liked it quite a bit actually uh and i'm kind of interested in seeing the rest of his movies now after that parasite's good 
recommend. Yeah, Parasite's excellent. Yeah. All right, we're going to rank the movies, but uh, we have to do like a mini break real quick because Google likes to uh, cut our video short. So we'll be right back with some Jeopardy music. I'll set up another chat room. So be right back and enjoy the Jeopardy music. everything's out of order now fucking i hate google fucking google bear with me everybody actually no we don't need anything we're good we're good in the hood just move my picture right here a little out of the box whatever we're back everybody and we are uh, gonna be talking about our rankings uh for all three movies that we've seen uh so i'm gonna go first um on my three movies that i put ranked i put repo man at number three i put once upon a time in hollywood at number two and one i put memories of murder at number one i'm surprised yeah why <laughs> uh, i figured i i didn't i didn't i mean memories of murder at number one that's surprising i like his movies uh it has a good flow uh quentin tarantino i mean i enjoyed that movie uh but it, it took a lot to beat pulp fiction uh and that was a movie that beat pulp fiction for me but memories of murder i was invested in uh, more than once upon a once upon a time in Hollywood. It was it was good, you know, seeing Leo and fucking Brad Pitt. But I like uh, Memories of Murder. What about you, Andy? What about your top three? Can I go last? Okay, um, Zach. What about you? Uh, Repo Man is three. Uh, once upon a time in Hollywood is two, and then Memories of Murder is one. Oh, okay. Well, we don't have anything to talk about then because I kind of feel like the same way. Repo Man was certainly going to be three, which I already said I love that movie, but it's up against some heavy hitters here. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, just for the sake of discussion here, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has some stuff that you could lose. I love that movie beginning to end, but there's some stuff in it that if it was taken out, I wouldn't love the movie less. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Memories of Murder, on the other hand, it feels like everything in there is complementing all the other parts. And it's it's unique and interesting, and I, I don't know. I liked it. I think it was uh to, like to go back onto that scene where oh, it was close for you, Zach. Though wasn't it? Sorry, mm -hmm. sorry to interrupt. Zach ranks all of his stuff, and I can we can see the rankings in the document here. Yeah, it's kind of splitting hairs, but like at the end of the day, they're like they're real different kinds of movies. Right. That's what and I was gonna. That's why I wanted to go last because I was. Tarantino's kind of done his thing. And I'm not saying, oh, he's played out or, or anything like that. It's just like, it is what it is. It's it, it's a really good movie. It's I liked it quite a bit after, especially after like Hateful Eight and stuff. Yeah, Hateful uh, Eight's his worst movie, I think. It, it's kind of a mixed bag a little bit. But uh, this was like a, a new, fresh kind of movie for me. So, mm -hmm. um, But like the writing in Memories of Murder was good. Um, especially when it gets to the scene where we have the like aha moment with the Down syndrome kid who sees the the murder, because like when he when we first see it, 
like we're just thinking that it's being rehearsed by the cop because that's how it's put and that's how the soul guy sees it. But then like when, but like when we hear it back, you could tell how he worded it. Like he's seen it. And I was like, holy shit. Like I didn't catch that in the beginning. And I was really impressed about that. Um, But also the acting in the movie is great because it it just it feels without the like comical fucking drop kicks and shit that the 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 taekwondo kicks and all that stuff like i feel like this would happen in south korea <laughs> kind of that it's very grounded a little mm-hmm. bit yeah uh how interesting is it also that both movies are based on real life murders yes yeah <laughs> how interesting is it is that quentin tarantino said this movie is one of his favorite top 20 movies since 1992 weirdly specific but there you go what memories of murder yeah oh really and another one of his movies too bong uh june uh you know who i'm talking about the director bong Joon-ho. yeah bong joon ho uh he, he likes he really likes two of his movies i didn't see what the other one was but yeah. oh, i want to know <laughs> well it's, uh, it's there you can find it at the wikipedia entry for memories of murder yeah and and repo man i enjoyed it but like obviously, it it threads the line of that like B movie stuff, but like a good B movie, uh, and plus it's Emilio Estevez and Harry Dean Stanton, so I enjoyed that. Uh, all three of these movies are well acted. Re- Repo Man is is a mood movie. Yes, but uh, yeah, I mean we don't need to argue about the fucking final ranking because we all agreed with the same ranking. Um, it looks like uh, the host. The host yeah. was the other one that he liked. I just I just went and looked. Okay, yeah. The host is his monster movie. Oh, I thought. Wait, par- so there's not a monster in Parasite? No, the the okay. pa- the parasite is there. Oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> Actually, watch we'll watch it. Uh, would you consider Parasite like a a thriller thrill- or a horror movie? Yeah, that's the thing with his movies; they defy like genre. Like parts of Parasite are a comedy, parts are a drama. There's parts that are certainly horror. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I guess it's most drama is what you'd have to put it in, for lack of a better qualification. But it has, it has just as much in common with horror and comedy, dark comedy specifically, as with anything else. I, I don't have it in my room, but Parasite is the only movie that, like, I watched it and I was like, I need to have it. And, like really need to have it it was nothing like oh man i need to have like the robocop movie like i like robocop and everything but fucking parasite was a really fucking good movie so i highly recommend you to go see it zach uh, i will I'm, i think i'm gonna see all his movies so i have parasite on blu-ray the criterion if you need to borrow it i also have memories of murder the criterion Ooh, look at that cover by the way how you know look at the grass <laughs> the hands in the grass oh i want to bring up something because they um did did the killer sh- just shove anything in the vagina because like they show peaches and then there was I, like I don't a... know and then it's like a, a spork and a ballpoint pen yeah it's just stuff that that girl had on her i think it's what he, he did you just like kill them then whatever they had on him just shoved it in there i guess <laughs> yeah so i was like what significance is that? i guess he was just like uh, she's dead i'm just gonna fucking put shit in there uh He's a psychopath. He's a crazy person. Who knows what he's thinking? Yeah. Speaking of psychopaths, um, we are going to be starting our horror month. And even though next week is still the last week of September, we're going to have five movies to watch. So uh, I'm going to start early. Yeah. Um, but like I, me. But I'm going to go first. So I chose Maniac Cop. Um, it's 1988. Never seen the movie. So it's I'm going into a blind I just looked on the website. I said, I've seen all fucking Halloween movies. I've seen Jason. I've seen Freddy. It's time for me to move on to some fucking B-rated horror movies. So Maniac Cop is there. I'm going to choose it. Let's see if it's a bad one or a good one. Or maybe a mediocre one. We'll see. Aren't all those B-rated horror movies, kind of? Except with the exception of Halloween, maybe. (laughs) I never heard, like, Maniac Cop ever used in a horror talk before so it's not like a main franchise for me at least 
I feel like Amazon Prime or something has recommended it to me when I finished, uh, I don't know, Deadly Prey or Miami Connection or some shit. I think. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is going to be great. Uh, it might be. We'll see. Okay. Um, but I, I with a little twist, by the way, because Andy and Zach are going to have their picks whenever they choose theirs. But I also added two extra movies. We're going to choose from whatever list of movies that we find we're going to choose the the best movie horror movie of all time and then we're going to choose the worst horror movie of all time and we'll choose it from a website uh that has that list and we'll tell we'll you choose it from a website or i'm going to add this even though you didn't give me permission um <clears throat> write to us tweet us something what's the best movie what's the worst horror movie yes I mean, that, that would that would get exp- particularly special consideration. Here's what we'll do. All three of us are going to take our social medias and we're going to go to our friends and families and we're going to and, and and our listeners, too. Uh, and we're going to say, what is your best and worst horror movie of all time? And then put it in there and we'll see. We'll, we'll gather the list and we'll come back and we'll we'll talk. We'll debate about it on what we're going to choose. Um, but before we leave. I know we have a couple of news to talk about. So, Zach, what news do you have? Um, first is uh, uh, Blizzard's chief legal officer left the company suddenly today. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot um, of people jumping ship over at Blizzard. Oh yeah, all kinds of people. And uh, that's after the SEC pretty much was like, "Oh yeah, we're going to investigate you guys now." <laughs> and it was like, "Oh, shit. I'm going to take my severance package and leave then." Yeah, a lot of people are doing that move. Um, Bobby Kotick might be in a little bit of trouble, potentially, <laughs> for once. Uh, that's that's kind of, I just thought it was amusing. I don't really think there's much to add to that. You know, it's one of those things where you see it happen and it's just like, huh, you just kind of sit back and laugh and wait and see what's going to happen. I have a friend at work. Uh, he and I have kind of been joking. It's, he, he keeps reminding me of it. He keeps saying... Uh, Diablo 2 Remastered is coming out soon. He played Diablo 3 and loved it. Never played Diablo 2 because he, he's like 20 years old. So he just, you know, oh, he's young. Okay. And I was like, dude, it's all, it's amazing. You should play it. And he's like, well, Remastered's coming out soon. We should get it. And I was like, oh, I was going to wait because Blizzard manages to fuck everything up. And I was going to see how they fucked it up first. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah really good point. I might mm. do that. Today he said, oh, it comes out in two days. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to wait and see like how many women were molested when they were making it. <laughs> I pick it up. <laughs> I don't think that's Depending a internal... on that number. If that number's anything but zero, I probably <laughs> I don't think that's an internal team, though, that's doing that. I know, uh, I know. It's just, it, That's the joke. Uh, yeah, but uh, my brother played the beta, and he said it was fine. I think he said there were some bugs, but uh, it wasn't like it wasn't like Warcraft 3 Reforged where they just totally fucked it. They fucked that team, told them to fuck off halfway through, and then just all of a sudden they're like, shit, we got to meet our, our Q1 bullshit because corporate America stuff. Yeah, again, I want to replug Jason Schreier's book. The chapter about Diablo 3 is particularly enlightening in this situation. Man, the more the more you dig on Warcraft 3 Reforged, though, the more depressing and stupid it is. No doubt. I mean, it's a, what a beloved game and what, like, an awful... And it just, like, they showed... Uh, forget it. We're not going to get in those weeds. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say this, though. Like, like, it's not exaggerating. That game is one of my favorite games of all time, for real. So, like, how would you feel if, like, somebody's told you, oh, we're going to, like, take your favorite game and it's going to be awesome, and then they just... They just shit on it, pretty much. I guess I'd get on Twitter and yell at voice actors about it. No, I, don't do that. <laughs> I just I got. Mad I'd be I'd be really upset. Is the is the correct? Yeah. I'd be I'd be pretty perturbed. I was pretty upset for about a week. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the other thing was the Star Wars TV show, the the Obi Wan shows done filming. Oh. There's like you can see you and McGregor as Obi Wan. There's like a he's in the poster thing. It looks great. He says, "I think everybody's gonna like this," and I believe him. So I, I mean, when he says stuff, I'm like, "Yeah, that's believable." Like, I always, I know he's not, but I get this weird impression of him being outside the studio system. It Does that make of, any sense? Like, he did that weird show where it's just like him and a buddy riding motorcycles around South America. 
and and like he did some some weirder movies in his earlier career i just always got this impression like he's a cool guy i think you and mcgregor kind of like he's i feel like he's one of those guys that was always kind of choosy about what roles he would get hmm. uh and like star wars he took it because it's star wars it's big money and i mean maybe he's not proud of it like the work he did but it's like michael Keane. yeah he still i think liked the experience because it's like fuck i was part of star wars you know I mean, yeah i mean how many people can say that for he better did his or best with what he had honestly he's one of the better parts of the prequels so yeah he is uh so that's that i guess we're looking forward to that show um, oh and the that weird Star Wars Visions thing comes out in a couple of days, right? It's like all the anime studios made Star Wars shorts or something. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Like Quantic Dream's doing a Star Wars game, but like, I don't, uh, if I'm being honest, I don't care about it because it's Quantic Dream. Yeah, I don't know either. They, <laughs> they don't make games. I'm just saying. Um, finally, this, this is crossover. This is crossover into wrestling news a little bit. Um, just to save us time for Thursday. Oh. I'm going to get a soundboard one day. And when you say stuff like that, I'm going to hit like a snore sound. Or snore. Actually, actually <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you've been, I don't think you've seen anything about AEW's fucking game. But I, I think this is leading into Owen Hart, right? Is that where you're going? No, with? Oh. actually it's not. Oh, okay. It was just, uh, this is just a quick tidbit that uh, there's uh, rumors going around that the, the NXT 2.0 uh, thing is possibly moving into an edgier direction targeting younger audience i just <laughs> i just read that because apparently doesn't Vin- it doesn't doesn't wait say all those words again what is it nxt 2.0 possibly moving into an edgier direction and targeting a younger audience 18 thought- to 34 I thought that was the audience that they pull in already is like younger people and also smart mark kind of people um kind of sort of like i i wouldn't say it was like a concerted effort to do that it was mm-hmm. just they had a different idea of like an alternative for what they were putting on tv and that, that, that's what it did uh this time it's like they're talking about like Cursing. loosening up uh you know rules for like language and maybe trying to make matches look more violent and we so get go ECW it up a bit. And there's if, even some stuff about girls wearing like maybe some slightly more suggestive ring gear. Yeah, fucking titties, man, puppies. <laughs> puppies. Well, we'll see. We will see. I, I'm that's piqued my interest a little bit more just because that sounds so ridiculous now. It, it, it's kind of funny that like Vince is doing this because what was the last time something was like edgy? Is, was the attitude? I'm not saying they're going back to the attitude era, but every time Vince is against the wall, he's always like, I gotta have more chitties and more fucking cursing and shit. I so, mean, WWE was still edgy in like 05 and 06. Yeah. yeah that's like when Edge had the, the live sex celebration on Raw. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any else news like. I think we'll talk about Owen Hart on on getting some color. But, I'd rather do it there. Yeah. Um. Other than that, anybody else have any news? No. No. All right. Well, remember, Maniac Cop is uh, the next movie we'll be talking about. So remember to watch it and then come back here. Uh, and also, if you want to catch more Big Trouble with Podcasts, make sure you type a type Big Trouble with Podcasts in. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. You could even tell Alexa, play Big Trouble Little Podcast. Apparently it works. Uh, and also, you know. You keep saying apparently. Like, just test it. I don't have an Alexa. Oh, okay. Well, then it, don't. He's not the target audience. I have, okay, Google, play Big Trouble Little Podcast, and then it goes on Google Podcasts. That's about it. Um, but, yeah. And remember, fucking... This Thursday, we're doing some getting some color because there's going to be a free pay-per-view Wednesday, a Dynamite free pay-per-view. Dynamite Grand Slam. Yes. Brian Danielson is fighting Kenny Omega. For the belt. Yes. Big and, deal. And then other matches are happening. <laughs> and then other matches are there, too, that are probably going to be good. Some might suck. We'll see. 
and and maybe Adam Cole might punch Tony Schiavone. But uh, let's uh, let's end it here. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Thanks for listening. Get at us with your best and worst horror movies. I'm serious. Come I on. I agree. <laughs>